Let me read to you um, uh, the Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel, Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. I don't know if you got it in you know, just one reading. You could have missed it in the passage. It's a little bit hidden. But it seems as if the psalmist wants us and the rest of the universe, if you heard it, to praise the Lord. And I need you to know this. I went to seminary for this. In Hebrew, that phrase, praise the Lord, means... Praise the Lord. It's actually hallelujah. The psalmist seems to start with an assumption, a very important assumption, that there isn't enough wonder and worship in the cosmos. And he commands all of the universe, everything that has breath and a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't have breath to praise the Lord. It's a command. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is the hook of this song and actually the last four or five psalms in the Psalter, 146, 7, 8, 9, 50. I want us to go back through this a little quicker um, and, and see how David's commanding heaven and earth to orient themselves towards worship. But it's really important you understand that that's not just like a, um, an expression thing. We, with this language of praise the Lord, it has been denigrated by a club that was on TV. And it has been insulted by certain evangelists, televangelists, and, and marketing systems. It, it's, it's hard to resurrect this kind of phrase, but we have to give it a go. Because we are best and at our best when we are rightly valuing the thing that is most rightly valued. I mean, this, the tragedies of, of Ohio and, and El Paso are wrongly valuing the wrong things. 
whether it's nation or ethnicity or whatever it is, power, it is disordered loves. And if we are the crown of creation, which we are, then we must order our loves to hallelujah. Yo, God doesn't need us to worship him. He's not on an ego trip. It's for us to rightly value in the right way. It makes us right to be oriented that way. So, this week I need to introduce you one of the great privileges of being a pastor and a regular preacher is the rabbit trail. And I got to go down Mariana's Trench, which is the lowest point in the earth. Literally, got to hear the sounds, because my new favorite hobby is ultrasonic acoustics, <laughs> as of Wednesday. Do you know even space which is basically a vacuum, has reverberations and makes sounds as well. Highly sensitive recorders can capture the vibrations of the heavens. So, as you journey and wonder with me through this psalm, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, the heights, the angels, and the hosts. Hit me that slides with the Uranus and the Saturn's rings. Listen. I think that's Saturn's rings. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens. Let, the praise, let them praise the name of the Lord. He's commanded and created him, and this will not come to, uh, his, he's given a decree and will not pass away. So do that sphere of ten and earth. That's earth, I think. And I think this is the sun, or vice versa. Pretty sure that's a spaceship landing, too. <laughs> the earth, praise the Lord from the earth. You great sea creatures in all deeps, fire and hail and how mist, stormy winds fulfilling. Give me that beluga sound. That's a whale, isn't that cool? Give me the lightning hitting the sea. Again, a laser for sure. And then give me the shrimp. Kind of makes you not want to eat a po' boy. <laughs> so this is actually in the depth. <laughs> I missed it. Never mind. <laughs> next one. I think it's a slide. The next slide. Yeah. The creatures, the beasts, and the livestock, creeping things, and flying birds. I just want to stop and wonder at the craziness, the wildness of of the world that we live in, the earth, the creatures. Kids got a little bit nervous about that fish in the fish. Did you see that? They thought the baby was in trouble but not being protected, so they were like, mm, well, you know, let the warning be. Um, 
beasts and livestock, creeping things and flying birds. Go ahead. The beasts. I don't even know what that thing is on the top left, but it's awesome. And then, don't you like how they put the creeping things on the plate? That was pretty cool. I don't have sounds for all that. You guys know those kinds of sounds. So we're just supposed to wonder our way into worship, and I mean this really well. I don't, I, don't, it, I don't know how to make sense of these sounds. I'm not sure this is the same thing as obeying the command to praise, but maybe it is. Maybe it's built in in some way that's amazing. It's not the point per se, but what would it be that if we could hear these things all the time? There's a research field, a subset of acoustics called bioacoustics that's revealed that they're surrounded by millions of ultrasonic sounds. The, the electron shell of a carbon atom produces the same harmonic scale as a Gregorian chant. Whale songs travel thousands of miles underwater. Meadowlarks have a range of 300 notes. That has 88 Super-sensitive instruments can, can hear, pick up earthworms making faint staccato sounds. This is so wild. A German physicist and pianist says a single hydrogen atom is more musical than a grand piano by 12 frequencies. Lewis Thomas says, if we were better at hearing and we could discern the singing of seabirds, singing of the sea, birds, the rhythmic drumming of schools of mollusks, or even the distant harmonics of flies hanging over meadows in the sun, the combined sound might lift us off of our feet. That sounds like wonder moving to worship, doesn't it? That, so that demands a response. And this should create in us, all humans, but especially those who know that it is hallelujah, the name of Yahweh, to know his name, especially us, to have kind of a, what I would say, ecological or environmental, doxological or worship instinct. Now, it can get, it get confused. You could worship creation. We don't want to do that. But we should be so amazed that we could be very compassionate to anyone who's like, oh, I could see how you might do that, and then just show them the way. Just show them the beauty of it. That God made this actually for your delight. And so doxology actually creates our ecological instinct. I think it's why the psalmist moves directly into human beings after all this kind of wonder. Because he goes from all that, and he says all those things need to praise, the, praise God. And then in two couplets, he covers all of humanity. Kings of the earth, all the peoples, princes, rulers of the earth. Right? For those who have eyes to see, you can see there's... King of the thrones, too. Um, um, young men and maidens together, old, and, old men and children. Let all of those people praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. So kings and rulers and maidens and everybody else, there's something way over you and way over the stuff we just talked about. It's an invitation to value most highly, the most highly valued thing in the universe. Roy Clement says that the psalmist explores every area of human knowledge of his day. Cosmic, he says, he says uh, he's cataloging, cataloging the potential members of a cosmic congregation. I like that term. So he starts with cosmology. He does marine biology, meteorology, 
He writes geomorphology. I don't even know what that is. Zoology. He says, there really can't have been an unthumbed article left in his encyclopedia for things to praise the Lord. There were these things called encyclopedias. (laughs) But he missed it. Because where this ends is so important. This psalm is a funnel, and it funnels in to a particular people. People who have been drawn near to God. His people. He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all the saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Horn means strength here. Saints means those set apart by him, chosen by him, the ones he draws nearest to him, Emmanuel, close to him. The, the culmination of the cosmic praise actually enters all the way down into the people of God who are the holders of the Alleluia. You see how the funnel works. It's narrowing, but increasing in responsibility because the weight of the importance of the worshipers here is, is unfathomable. It seems to be that the structure of the psalm and the kind of meaning of the psalm says that God's people are the ones who are supposed to be the leaders of the cosmic worship. It makes sense because God's people are the ones who have seen and heard of the greatness of his work. His great strength, his great tenderness, his great power, his true salvation. that we, in some ways, lead, or are at least the first voices in worship of the conduct, the, uh, worship, in leading the worship of the cosmos. That in some weird way, our worship has an effect on the world. It actually flips this so that his people now, it, instead of a funnel, it actually becomes a trumpet, where, um, like the next slide, the arrow goes the other way, and we, we start it and, it, and then it makes its way to the earth, through the earth. So this worship is serious business. Because who's going to value Yahweh if we don't value Yahweh? If we don't give weight and worth and put him in his proper life, who's going to do it? Of course there'll be confusion of whether or not we're God's or creation is God. That's why we worship. And I don't just mean singing, I mean valuing. Putting the weight there. Now, the psalmist didn't know it yet, didn't know exactly what our full story would be, but children, I'm going to tell the adults a little bit about what we did in our, it's wonderful, the wonderful world, this wonderful word this week. We said that God made up, God made all creation, and in those first five days, what do you say it was? Kids, are you here? What do you say? One thumbs up, right? It was good, right? And what do you say happened in the next day? You remember? There you go, two thumbs up. We said it was very good. And we said, look at each other, two thumbs up, and go, very good, 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 very good. Right? And one of the reasons we were very good is because we had responsibility over the creation. But then what happened? Well, what we talked about is in our disobedience in Adam and then our subsequent disobedience that we fell and that we dirtied the place up. We talked about shame and guilt and things being dirty. And you remember, we had our water that was clear, And then we got the water that was dirty. The water that was dirty 
We all threw dirt in here because we all participated. Remember, we did that. And we did that and we said, as, so, as the, t- the two thumbs up people go, so does the rest of creation. I talked to you about my dog, Curry. Remember I told you my dog, we let his hair get all matted up. And um, it got so matted that we had to shave him. And so I had a bald doodle walking around like this, like he was depressed and stuff like that. And we said, whose fault is that? Was it Curry's fault? No. It was mine, yes, yours. <laughs> yours. Well, I had a little bit more dirt. You know, I was uh, reading about uh, Mariana's Trench or Ditch or whatever the thing's called. There was a person who just went to the depths of it, the, the single uh, submarine that went to the lowest part, and they found many of those amazing fish that you saw over there. You know what else they found? Plastic bag and candy wrappers. So as we go, so does, the earth, so does God's creation. But we, heard, we said more in the next day, in the third day we were together, that we talked about that God would send his son. Jesus who had control over the winds and the waves. Jesus, who could walk on the water, that kind of dominion. Jesus, who could multiply fish and get fish to swim into nets and multiply bread. Jesus, who will be called the king of kings, and every king and prince will bow their knee to him. Jesus, who cared for the old and the young, the widows, and brought the young children to him. Jesus, who healed people's bodies cellularly, reversed death. Jesus, who created all things and then came to redeem all things. Jesus, whose blood was shed. And we said everything changes when Jesus' blood gets added into the mix. And when Jesus' blood gets added into the mix, it works like these filters we were trying to buy for people. By the way, this is the same water from Tuesday. Ten years of that for each person for the 2019 we've sent. His body broken for us to make us pure, to be the living water in us so that the rivers of his mercy would go out into the world so there would be more trumpets of worship because we need to, as human beings, rightly value the most rightly valued thing, God himself and God in Christ Jesus. And then what do we do the fourth day, kids? What do we do the fourth day? We got the river, living water flung out to the tree in the middle of the yard back there. Dance party, that's what we did, yes. We had smoke, we had disco balls, and we had a dance party. We had a dance party, and that is right and good. Maybe seeing all this wonder of God's creation, the horridness of the fall, the beauty of his redemption, the promise of his glory, that makes us move wonder to worship. And so you dance. And we read this. 
For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption as sons, the redemptions of our bodies. That's something to proclaim, to sing hallelujah about. Let's pray.